0: Hi, this is Graham Brown and welcome to the XL Podcast. The XL Podcast is a platform for the bigger conversations about leadership in the 2020s. Who's leading, how are they leading, and what stories do they have to share? Through the stories of leaders, we'll address the big challenges of our times from the era of AI to the Asian century to nurturing a new generation of entrepreneurs. If you're enjoying these conversations, subscribe to the podcast at xlpodcast.org. So we're back. This is Graham talking to Saha Hashemi, probably better known for being the founder of Coffee Republic. Mm-hmm. Saha, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Graham. And thanks for being a good sport, because you're not long after a flight from London. That's quite tough, isn't it? It doesn't get any easier, does it? No matter how much you travel.
1: No, it's, yes, exactly. Actually, I tried to, I drank about three litres of water, done a lot of breathing, so yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. do I eat, do I not eat, yeah, that thing. Yeah, exactly. It, it never gets easier. Um, I'm going to talk about Coffee Republic, but also you've got this interesting story. I was really inspired by your presentation earlier. And like, there's a lot of messages coming out there about being brave and just doing it in so many words, but it's like, I think especially here in Singapore, it's very comfortable. Um, It's very easy to get a good job and work for a large law firm for the rest of your life, for example. But you made that shift, didn't you? You were a trained lawyer and then somehow you became an entrepreneur <laughs> what happened in the middle of that was it sort of a i'm just curious if you sort of wind back to when you were a teenager did you always have it in your mind that you were going to become an entrepreneur or?
1: no never never i mean you know there were just there was the no entrepreneurs when i was growing up i mean you know they, they just no one talked about them yeah um, back then i mean let's say the 80s when i was growing up it was just something you didn't do you know you had to be it was a bit sort of eccentric in a way wasn't it to be an entrepreneur um so no I I never wanted to I never intended to but what happened was I became a lawyer and somehow um you know it was great to qualify but once I qualified I wasn't really enjoying it and I just couldn't understand It was suddenly this thing of going to work every day and sort of not being really happy and really excited and I just didn't know what was wrong yeah with the fact that I just wasn't excited and I think very much my parents' generation was, well, this is how it's meant to be. This is work. This is life. And I don't know why I just refused to accept that because I thought I can't be doing this every day for the rest of my life. Something that actually doesn't quite feel like me. And yeah. it was almost like leaving part of me behind. So that's really where it came from. I suppose it always, change comes from a level of discomfort somewhere. And I think that, that was the discomfort.
0: Mm. Was that easy when you must have been surrounded by lawyer type people Mm. and the family also had expectations it's not cheap sending you to law school exactly absolutely what was that like because I imagine it's easier to start a business than it is to have the conversations about starting a business with all those people and I I see this a lot with entrepreneurs how do you you deal with it what was it like for you
1: yeah I mean I think that the best thing is not to have many conversations with people because from my experience every conversation I had was oh god no I mean like, why, why would you ever do that you know yeah. you're a lawyer the risks the you know, the words like risk come up the words that you know how it feels to have people waiting you know for a paycheck at the end of the month you know you don't know anything about this so my advice is actually um, not talking to people you know, that's the thing a lot about great stuff that happens to you you know other people's opinions is just it's just the projections of themselves really I don't yeah. think I don't think I've ever had good advice, to be honest with you, if I think it over my life.
0: Really? Yeah. I think it must be a lot harder when you started out compared to now. Especially, I wonder, being a woman entrepreneur. Now, it's a lot more obvious, isn't it? There's a lot more role models out there. There's people, I know it's still in the minority in many cases, isn't it? That you can look at somebody and say, oh, there's a successful woman who's an entrepreneur, right? But if you go back a little bit. They were few and far between.
1: Me, no, I, I never felt that. Actually, I have to say, I was um, brought up in a way. I suppose that was the advantage of getting an education and becoming a lawyer. It was it was never about gender for me. Right. You know, I have a brother, and I never thought it was because I was. It was always my individual personality. And my own quirks, but um, I suppose I owe that to my parents, I owe that yeah. to my school, that I never, ever thought, I, I, you know, for me, it just it's probably un-PC to say it, it's never been a gender thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I think you had to have that mindset starting off, didn't you, that it wasn't a gender thing, otherwise you wouldn't have done it. Yeah,
1: absolutely. It's just, like, it just natural to Yeah, you. and I, I mean, you know, we're lucky in the countries we live in, you know, Singapore is the same, I see that. It's just... You know, there are many countries where obviously it is difficult, but um, not you know, not in the UK. And um, no, it was just you know, if I had weaknesses, it was my weaknesses as a human being. You know, my own particular you know personality, rather than um, gender in any way. No, 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 no. it, It would never. It never was.
0: Yeah, and when you started Coffee Republic, when you grew that, were you of the you know sort of belief that you this is going to work? I'm completely confident like I'm always wondering when I hear these sort of entrepreneur stories, do they have doubts? Because I imagine founders are constantly, Mm -hmm. they're in the shower or they're lying in bed at night thinking, Mm -hmm. you know, like all those conversations, Mm -hmm. like where's the paycheck? And is this the right? maybe I should have stayed in the law firm. What was it like for you? Were you completely convicted? No, so
1: not. God, definitely not. I think you just, you know, for me, I always say you get the seed of the idea. And so you're 1% sure, right? So, but the only way for you to sort of move on that yeah. percentage point is just to move on with the idea. And then sometimes you get more short, sure and then you realize, oh, I'm almost here 50% short, and I'm 60%. Just as you progress, you know, I don't think anyone ever gets up, you know, no idea comes out of life fully formed. Mm. It comes, you know, it's what. At Pixar, if you kind of read the book, um, it, you know, it, it comes as a sort of ugly baby. You know, every great thing starts really ugly, yeah. really unformed, really unbaked. And so for me, not at all. It was just almost like you follow like a, like a lead. You know what I mean? You're just following one thing, and then that leads you to another, and then lets you, and then the next thing you know, you've sort of looked back and thought you've started it. So I think this pressure people put on themselves to think, oh, is this a brilliant idea? There is no such thing as a great idea. Mm. Ideas, you know, great ideas start never never they never start great yeah you just gotta you know that's why you know the kind of big companies are difficult kind of to for people to form because an idea is just 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 that just a sort of puff of air but you've got to pursue it and you know sort of make it happen for it to become great for it to form yeah um yeah and i think therefore the advice is don't talk about it to other people and don't think about it too much just yeah. you get an idea just make the next move to sort of get into the flow in a way
0: yeah I mean you were saying in your presentation I thought it was really interesting that you the, the moment when Starbucks decided they were going to enter the market and almost that sort of advice not to overthink it it's like rather than thinking we got to have the best coffee or we've got to have the best technology or whatever it is it's just like let's just focus on giving people what they want and doing that really really well and
1: exactly i mean giving you know that's why sort of i say and you actually said that in your presentation there was a lot of similarities there in terms of you know it, it, it's you're actually thinking of the customer you're not thinking of the product you know yeah. think of and for me i was the customer so i thought okay there's a starbucks and there's a coffee republic you know why is it different mm. you know this customer doesn't care if starbucks is a huge american company you know with sort of billions of dollars behind them. It's just, you know, is the coffee better? Is the experience better? It's just making life really simple and we just make it really complicated. So you put it down to the individual customer experience Mm. and just look at it through the customer's eyes. That's how you got to look at your business, not through market share and the competitors, but just through the customer experience, through the customer's eyes. And I believe if you follow that, that is the strongest drive, the strongest passion, strongest energy Mm. a business can have.
0: And when you're talking about seeing it through the customer's eyes, would you... Do the mystery shopper type thing, or would you? Because I'm really curious about how people retain that sort of.
1: Mm. Well, I mean, I've, you know, that. I've got it interesting because you know, I used to do stuff through the customer's eyes, and then we became bigger, and. These big people we hired from big companies were like, oh, we well, got to have mystery customers and you've got to have right. market research. And, um, you know, mystery customers are good in terms of what you've been doing already. So, Mr. Customer shows whether or not that manager in that store, yeah. you know what I mean, has got mayhem or whether or not, you know, you could get your stuff on time. But, Mr. Customer's not great about what's next. Hmm. And what we got to be thinking about as a leader is what's next the whole time. Yeah. You know, so that, like that, that's the only way to do that is put yourself in customer's shoes. Because sometimes a customer doesn't even know what they want. Want. So, yeah. so that's a, you know it's almost historic uh, mystery customer. It's too late, but you know by the time you got that right, it's just you know it's, it's not giving you a, a kind of an advantage. But putting yourself in customer's shoes, thinking about what they want, being ahead of the curve in a way, because the customer yeah. can see what they want, but they can't be bothered. They've got a day job; they're just there getting their coffee. Whereas it's your job to see where the gaps are, where you yeah. could be filling the gaps, where the headaches are that are begging to be solved. That's where innovation is. That's where growth can come from.
0: How do you think you did that differently to all those kind of coffee chains, the wannabe coffee republics and never made it? What, what did you sort of do? I mean, you, you could yeah, say, oh, really the simple. First no,
1: no. Do you know what? I mean, we just had, we were just customers ourselves. We were passionate. We were there every day. Yeah. You know, we made sure every single experience of every single customer was as good as you could possibly get it. Right. And that's what it's about, really. Mm. You know, Did we you were make there. coffee yourself as well? Did you um, no, get- no, because we actually calculated. we start making coffee ourselves, then we haven't got a business because yeah. you know what I mean? You can't yeah. possibly expand that business because so the whole sort of idea was that you've got to learn to train up people to do it yeah. really well. So and that was quite painful because believe me, there were many moments I wanted to get back behind and make the coffee myself and make sure it was right so um, but you know it just it was literally just attention to detail and i think people forget about that really simple you know i see so many people in the uk i judge every business plan awards there is and people get think it's a great idea and it's a great chain or whatever they forget about the detail you know is the customer having a brilliant experience are you producing the best good you can every minute yeah And i've never seen a business who delivers every time and doesn't get to hit the jackpot basically yeah
0: Yeah. It's tough, though. And I wonder what goes on in the mind of an entrepreneur like yourself in those situations. Is it – and, you know, even I sort of have these conversations with my wife. It's like, you know, as an entrepreneur, when you walk into a store, Mm. you're always looking at it as an entrepreneur. And especially you've had quite an intense entrepreneurial career. Mm. I mean, you've Mm. just gone through the heights, haven't you? And been in the public eye as well. So how is it for you, like, when you walk into – like a, a normal store where maybe people don't know your name, or well, you, you
1: mean one of a, a, a coffee shop store? Not or not a, coffee, no,
0: no, anything like you walk in, like here in Singapore. Are you sort of is your mind now on overtime thinking like maybe if they change the concessions here, or are you just now in that sort of serene moment? Like, I've done all that.
1: Oh, no, funny enough I I do. Like I I just been around the mall just um here um in, in the Sun City Mall and looking at every single food court and just so fascinated, fascinated yeah. by the details, fascinated by how they do things, thinking, I can't believe no one's brought this over. Do you know what I mean? It's just it's amazing. The, the, I mean, it's incredible. Um, the sort of food you get around yeah. here. So thinking, I can't believe someone hasn't brought this sort of concept over. So now I'm always looking like that with, the, with that eye. You know, it's almost, I say, I think when you get used to having almost a recording light on, yeah. you know, I always have this joke with my family. If I go to supermarkets in any country, especially in America, I don't come back. They have to send a search party. Go, and they're yeah. like, she's gone missing in the supermarket yeah. because I, there's just so much to see.
0: Yeah, but so, you obviously yeah. must really love it though. It's not yes, something think, you're doing yeah. just because it's a job. Well, again, I say card, I'm, right?
1: I'm like the sort of um, the ultimate consumer. You know, I'm the ultimate customer. So I'm always fascinated by. Yeah.
0: What, 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 would what you you do you do though in the, when you're looking poking around a supermarket in a foreign country? What, what it's do you,
1: sort of curiosity, you know yeah. what I mean. It's just like, oh wow, I can't believe they've got this. And even now, it's, it's not a commercial interest, but it's like for me, oh my god, like you know, what kind of freeze dried vegetables do they have so that yeah. I can eat vegetables without having to cook it, or you know, just something that serves me. So you know, it's a very subjective way of what I need. And yeah. that's what Coffee Republic was. That's my, my second business, Skinny Candy was. Yeah, you know, it's, it's often come, comes from that
0: really. It's your DNA, almost, isn't it? It's not yeah. something. Well, you've once it's created. gone in there, yeah. yeah, it's
1: very difficult not to.
0: Yeah. yeah, I imagine you were probably like that when you were younger as well. Probably very curious, intense. probably getting into a little bit of trouble. Well, I mean, I'm just around.
1: greedy, and I like sort of muffins and cakes and things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no one called that entrepreneurial. It's just that it's sort of. Yeah.
0: yeah, totally. I think I
1: like my food.
0: Yeah. Cool. And then, what do you do? I mean, how do you sort of? like manage your time now? I mean, obviously you talked about Skinny Candy, for example. What, what sort of, yeah. like what keeps you busy?
1: Um, I had a um, sort of you know finishing my entrepreneurial phase after I sold Skinny Candy to a big confectionery company. Um, I was doing a sort of a lot of giving back, so to speak. Yeah. So setting a lot of boards. I've um, been running a government task force. I was involved with Change Please Coffee, um, mentoring a lot of entrepreneurs. And um, then I sort of realized, my God, I'm spending a lot of time you know, in a way, kind of helping others. Almost almost 80% of my time was that. And then I just kind of um, start up Forever, my third book about entrepreneurship and big companies. That sort of almost, the idea got crystallized and I wanted to write about it. So yeah. in the last year, I've been writing Startup Forever. And in a way, I'm back on my own journey of um, sort of almost promoting Startup Forever. And because gen- genuinely, I believe, you know, entrepreneurship is not about starting a business. It's yeah. this huge opportunity in big companies to think differently, to think like entrepreneurs, to be more alive and awake like entrepreneurs entrepreneurs. entrepreneurs are so at the moment that's my passion back into myself yeah um yeah talking about
0: that's a big challenge though isn't it you're taking on the beast
1: i know because everyone every time you know i tell a startup story people like oh but we don't want to leave and start a business i'm like then that's the whole point is this startup culture and i think startup culture is so easy in big companies but because it's so easy it's actually conversely very difficult to do mm. because it's about you know sort of it's not a management consultants coming it's just every day changing your attitude and changing yeah. the whole direction of the company so I'm, I'm convinced that's my new kind of mission is to get big companies thinking entrepreneurially yeah. and really believing that they can do it and i don't want people constantly telling me oh we want i want to leave and start a business it's yeah. such a pity to do that
0: yeah, yeah and i think st- i think the large organizations are Waking up to that as well, aren't yeah.
1: They? There's so much. There's so much potential. Yeah. there. if they've got yeah. people
0: leaving and then they buy them later on, that's a failure, yeah. right? Absolutely. They, they need to retain that talent. That's a real challenge. You're dealing with mindsets on large scales. There, you're dealing with yeah. large departments, ingrained behaviours, yeah. But then, then but
1: yeah. But then, see, mindset is you know what is a mindset? Is there's no such thing as a group mindset? It's individual behaviours, and so you know, I'm meeting a lot of leaders in big companies. They really believe in this stuff, and yeah. I think. You know, big company identity is a collection of, you know, individuals hmm. and divided into small groups. So turning these big companies into these almost like federal entrepreneurial structures is is really what I what I believe in now. Yeah. That's
0: exciting. Don't you ever um have that sort of voice in your head thinking, That's enough now, sir. You've done like the you get, you, you you've proven yourself. Like you've exited two businesses. Yes. In yeah. quite a, quite a large scale as well. So and in, very much in the public eye, and you like, have gone through the journey, people have seen that, you've inspired people, don't you ever just feel like, no, I'm done now? I've had enough. I'm just Gosh, going to kind of know. just whatever <laughs> there's left. Like baked bake cakes or whatever it may be. What does somebody do in that? What I just wonder when you wake up in the morning, what, what is the driver in all of that? Because you're, you're writing another book and you've yeah. written a book and you're promoting it, right? Yeah,
1: so, it's a, you know, I did driver. Um, it was a very good question. I suppose it's myself and just that having that, you know, it's that joy of of having a challenge. You know, it's a bizarre thing to say the joy of being out of your comfort zone. Yeah, it's just that thrill of that. And you know, life in the comfort zone is incredibly boring. I um, um, straight after I left Coffee Republic, you know, having made a certain amount of money, it was a time where I actually thought I'm never going to work. I, I was sort of quite naive about it as I talked about it earlier. Um, And it was just one of the worst moments of my life. My brother and I were talking about it. You know, we we were meant to just like, you know, I was meant to be a ladies who lunch and go to yoga classes all day. It it was absolutely awful. And just constantly, and and I'm having to actually, because I've left my business, to reinvent myself the entire time. You know, so I did all that sort of giving me the government jobs. And then I was like, okay, I want something new. So it's about creating the whole time. But I think that's really rejuvenating that kind of, because, you know, it's sort of, it's it's when I'm outside my comfort zone, when I'm lear- learning new stuff that kind of I really get energized and wake up. And, you know, I've just had, we we obviously take these long summers in Europe and I've had August off and it was just so exhilarating to yeah. get back. It was this morning I was so nervous about my speech. It's just that whole high keeps, it, it's my kind of yeah. drug in a way, I suppose. Absolutely. I don't know what it is. Yeah. yeah. It just keeps life so exciting. will. Yeah. I mean, hopefully as long as, you know, I've kind of, I can stand, I'd like to keep, keep, this because it's a hobby you know it really is a hobby i I kind of don't consider it work yeah that's what else am i going to do
0: like exactly (laughs) what are you going to do and i think yeah i mean it's almost like you're you're kind of from what you're saying you're choosing to be a beginner yeah absolutely you see this big learning curve and where a lot of people might look at that and thinking no i've done my mba i've done i've qualified as a lawyer i don't want to have to go through all of that again but it's for you that is not necessarily the end goal that's driving you it's getting up that learning curve it seems to be why you're doing it. and the bigger absolutely. the challenge maybe the better
1: yeah and it just keeps you keeps you alive keeps you awake keeps you energized yeah I um, I feel so lucky that I've kind of found that, not that I find I have to keep reinventing it you know because it's sort of you know write one book that you have to you know, just have to constantly find challenges for yourself yeah. to push yourself out of your comfort zone but it's like it's, it's a sort of great place otherwise it's incredibly boring
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah well I think it's awesome and thank you for being energised for this conversation I've really enjoyed it. I'm inspired and I loved your presentation earlier Oh well
1: I loved yours too I well, was slightly life. inspired by yours as well
0: so we're talking about coffee so yeah and, and hopefully um, you know the, I, I look forward to I, I don't know if you're going to be over here promoting your book as well so yeah. oh
1: god I'd love to be. yes come yeah, back to this that's a challenge <laughs> exactly
0: yeah Saha Hashimi thank you so much for Thank us you, today.
1: thank you, Graham.
0: You've been listening to the XL podcast with me, Graham Brown. To subscribe and discover more conversations, go to www.xlpodcast.org.